Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. I'm Daryl McMullen, and this is a show dedicated to understanding the human condition, the impact it has on us, how we respond to it, how we can exceed the expectations and limitations of this world, in essence, how we can level up and live lives that serve a higher purpose. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Transcend Human Podcast. It is October 26th, 2020. Glad that you could make it here this morning and join us for the show. Uh, So I was just thinking this morning, uh, I've started to see pictures showing up in my Instagram feed of snow and, you know, light dustings of snow and first snows of the season, that sort of thing. Uh, I've seen some from, from Colorado and Wyoming, and it occurred to me uh, you know, this is about the time we would start to see snow in Indiana, uh, where we, we used to live. And I remember in the fall, uh, you know, it would it would be getting cooler and you'd have some, some rainy, drizzly, dreary kind of days in the fall. Uh, and then out of the blue, you would get that first snowfall, right? You'd either be out doing something and the flakes would start to fall or you'd wake up in the morning and there'd be like a dusting on the ground. Uh, and usually it happened somewhere around Halloween, uh, either a little before or a little after. But then that would be it for a while. You know, you wouldn't see snow again for a while in, until the big storms hit late late December, early January, February in there. So obviously a lot different uh, than what I experienced here in Southern California. Uh, at, at this point, we're just waiting for the heat to go away and, uh, you know, some cooler weather to come in and some some rain every now and then. Uh, since we don't get much rain throughout the year, uh, in the winter here, it rains a little bit. And that's typically how you know that it's winter in Southern California. A little bit different, right? All right, well, let's jump into our minute of transparency and... Uh, this morning, I just want to ask you a simple question, which is, what kind of a worker are you? I found an article on, uh, looks like to be LinkedIn, yeah, LinkedIn, uh, by a guy named James Jadot, and uh, he, he brings up this concept of there being three different types of workers in your environment, and just kind of puts that out there uh, to let you wrestle with. So I put the link in the show notes if you're interested, but, you know, it's not an end-all, be-all article on this sort of thing. In fact, it's probably, you know, just a variation of something we've all heard before, um, you know, different types of people in the workplace. But but I thought it was interesting, and so we'll use it uh, for this morning's show. So he puts out there that there are three different types of workers. There's the thinker, the connector, and the doer. Uh, and really quickly, the, th- the thinker is more the slow, methodical, processing, solution-focused, forward-thinking, bleeding-edge, full-of-ideas kind of person. Then the connector is the more relational, uh, networker, connects people with people and ideas with people. And then there's the doers, right? The self-starters, the get-or-done uh, individuals, innovative, resourceful, fast, and organized, pays attention to detail. So I was just thinking through that, and I was like, I wonder which which I am, right? So I really started to think about it. 
Uh, you know, and my guess is that we we probably identify with at least two of the three pretty quickly. Uh, you know, without much pushing, we could probably identify the one you know that that we identify with the most, right? Where we would consider our sweet spot. So for me, in my shadow career, what I do 40 hours a week, um, I'm constantly fluctuating between the three, but mainly, I would say, as a thinker and a doer. So, you know, one minute I'm high level thinking outside the box, trying to come up with a solution to a pressing problem. And then the next minute I'm heads down implementing something with a thousand details uh, and having to be fast and organized in order to uh, complete it correctly. And this holds true in my creative pursuits as well, I guess. You know, these without these two sides of my personality, I'm not really sure that I would be able to write um, and accomplish this podcast even, right? So the thinker side in me has to come up with the ideas. I'm constantly thinking outside the box, writing things down in journals, you know, taking notes on life, basically. And then the doer has to kick in and take those ideas and, and make them a reality. But if you really pushed me, I guess I would tell you uh, that I'm probably a thinker first and foremost, right? I just, I know that about myself. I know that I could spend great amounts of time in my head. Uh, I spend a lot of time there uh, thinking about things that were, things that are, things that are the way they are, how they should be, how they should be different, how they should be better, uh, and really coming up with new and innovative ways to do things uh, moving forward. So what about you? Uh, what, Which of those three do you resonate the most with, and uh, how has your unique working style impacted the jobs you've had uh, or where you've been successful in the past? Uh, conversely, you know, when do you start to feel stressed out? Right? When can you tell that you're kind of moving outside of your sweet spot into uncharted territory? And that's really the connection I want to make to today's topic. Um, it's that stress, right? When do you start feeling the stress of that uh, in your life? And that's what we're going to focus on today. Uh, like I said, it's related to stress in that it is a state of functioning that we fall into when we start to experience stress and it's called low frustration tolerance. Uh, and it can be a pretty big deal. It can play a pretty big role in your lives and in your relationships if you let it. So today's topic is transcending low frustration tolerance. And uh, in this episode, we're gonna discuss how low can you go? Can you see it coming? Where are you on the spectrum? And moving toward high frustration tolerance. Number one. How low can you go? During this strange uh, pandemic season, I'm assuming that we've all experienced this roller coaster of emotions at, from time to time, right? From the good times with our families, getting together, um, getting to spend time uh, with each other, to the sad and uncertainty that comes with being locked in our homes, unable to go about life as usual, to the anger you know, that can come when you see your kids suffering through online school or your business failing because it's, uh, you know, it's not considered an essential business. I mean, these are all things that, that we are experiencing on, on different levels because of the pandemic. And it's not just our imaginations at work. In fact, you know, this is becoming a studied topic recently because people are seeing the impact, the emotional uh, and stress impact that it has had on society. 
So as I was doing some research, I found a couple articles um, that the CDC has put out, not only to kind of assess uh, the level of impact, but also to promote health during the pandemic. So the first article I found was written, it looks like June 24th, 2020, and the report found the following. 40% of U.S. adults are reporting mental health issues. 31% are reporting an increased symptoms uh, related to anxiety and depression. 26% are reporting trauma or stressor-related disorder symptoms. 13% report that they started or increased their use of substances. And 11% are reporting seriously considering suicide. Horrible numbers, you know, horrible increases over just the normal uh, difficulties that we see in society in general. And then the next article, a little bit later in July of 2020, um, they released an article that basically summed up all of this as stress. In the article, um, Coping with Stress is, is the title of the article, and they called out things like this. Pandemics can be stressful. Everyone reacts differently to stressful situations. Healthy ways to cope with stress. Recovering from COVID-19 or ending home isolation. Um, interesting that those, you know, were some of the topics that they hit and they, that they boiled it all down to stress. Uh, though I guess if you were looking for one word to summarize kind of the global atmosphere we're living in right now, I guess stress would be one of the, the, the words on the list, right? Prior to the pandemic, stress was associated with a hectic work life, difficulties at home, relational problems, etc. So if you look at it that way, COVID is actually a stress multiplier. Uh, not only is it stressful knowing that the virus is out there all the time, and it's stressful dealing with the fallout of the quarantine, but the original stress items, like, you know, a hectic work, work life, difficulties at home, relational problems, those don't go away. Those are all still there, and if anything, they're just ratcheted up even more over time, exacerbated by the pandemic. But I digress. This episode is not about COVID, and it's really not even about stress, though both of these things will have a big impact on our topic today, which is low frustration tolerance. I can still remember when I first heard that term used. I believe it was back in my uh, master's program, uh, when I was getting my master's in social work. And, you know, we often referred to it as a symptom seen in mental health disorders like depression, anxiety, PTSD, things like that. But that isn't the only place we find low frustration tolerance, right? We don't have to be dealing with a serious mental health disorder because low frustration tolerance is as common as the cold. Any given person on any given day has to live with this thing called low frustration tolerance. And we're always on the spectrum between what I would call low frustration tolerance and high frustration tolerance. So similar to the concept of having good days and bad days, only a little bit more defined than that, right? On good days, we are much more tolerant in dealing with the ups and downs that come our way. On bad days, our temperature starts to rise and these ups and downs start to look bigger and more stressful than they really are. So maybe it's good for us to view low frustration tolerance like this. Low frustration tolerance is something that we all deal with, 
but can become more prevalent and problematic when certain mental health disorders are present. But before we get too far, uh, let's get a, an official working definition uh, of low frustration tolerance. So I first found some information in Wikipedia, uh, and it says that low frustration tolerance, or short-term hedonism, uh, is a concept utilized to describe the inability to tolerate unpleasant feelings or stressful situations. It stems from that feeling uh, that reality should be as wished and that any frustration should be resolved quickly and easily. Uh, people with low frustration tolerance experience emotional disturbance when frustrations are not quickly resolved. Behaviors are then directed toward avoiding frustrating events, which paradoxically leads to an increased frustration and even greater mental stress. Now, I know that was a bit heady, so let's let's find something a bit simpler. Uh, on smartrecovery.com, uh, it explains it this way. Low frustration tolerance is the demand that you get what you want quickly and without hassle. Again, if you're interested, I put the link to this article in the show notes just because it's a super simple way of explaining um, low frustration tolerance. So when I, when I look through this explanation... Um, in breaking it down, I can see three very important elements that stand out. The first word is demand or demanding. Uh, the second word is quickly. And then the third word is easily, or as they call it, without hassle. So you can see right there, this is a recipe for disaster, right? When you are demanding and you need things to happen immediately and you don't want to put any effort into it, you're in trouble especially the way Wikipedia explains it, that it is really a self-sustaining cycle that builds on itself and can lead to even greater distress. So before we move into our next section, let's just flesh it out a little bit more. So here are a few more symptoms of low frustration tolerance, some things that you might see if you're experiencing it. And I got this list out of um, an article on exploringyourmind.com. So here they are. An inability to differentiate between desires and needs. Anger and attacking behavior when needs aren't met. An inability to understand that life doesn't have to be easy and comfortable. A striving to ensure that life is easy and comfortable. Intense focus on what should be versus what is. Fear of failure and low levels of patience. And then there are some dangerous side effects. Um, you know, if, if we allow low frustration tolerance to go unchecked in our life, um, here are some of the things that could potentially uh, be problematic. So these are things like procrastination, relational problems, compulsive disorders like excessive shopping, kleptomania, and trichotillomania, things like fidgeting, pulling out your hair, uh, substance use, self-harm, explosive anger, uh, etc. All right, number two, can you see it coming? So where does low frustration tolerance even come from, right? I'm sure there are many reasons for low frustration tolerance and things that play into it, but for the purposes of this podcast, uh, let's just focus on three, three places that it probably stems from. The first is personality. The second is increased stress. And then the third is... Uh, you know, low frustration tolerance that's associated with mental health disorders. So first, personality. You know, we're all different, so it makes sense that each of us um, is at a different place 
based on our personality or our temperament. I mean, we all know that, right? People are different. I don't have to give you a list of different people types or, or personality types. I don't have to, you know, walk through things like there's introverts and there's extroverts and there's all of this stuff, right? It doesn't matter. We understand that people are different and that all plays into the way that we experience low frustration tolerance, right? All I have to do is explain that there's a spectrum that stretches between low frustration tolerance and high frustration tolerance. And everyone is on that spectrum somewhere. Some people lean more toward the positive, right? And a tendency to roll with the punches. And then others lean the other way with a more jumpy spirit and a difficult time handling the cards that they are dealt in life. Number two, increased stress. So this is not something that a small group of people deal with, right? Stress is inevitable. It will happen to all of us at varying levels throughout our lives. And low frustration tolerance is a common byproduct of increased stress. One way to look at it, I think we talked about this a little bit before, is that stress can be a multiplier. So for example, let's pretend that we all start out uh, with a certain low frustration tolerance value when we're at baseline, right, on a normal average day. Let's say I'm a three, my wife is a one, and my oldest child is a six. Now let's throw in a big bucket of stress, uh, which we will say has a multiplier of 10. Now, because of the stress that we're all under, I'm at a 30, my wife is at a 10, and my oldest child is a 60. Not scientific by any stretch, but an interesting illustration of the way that stress impacts our personality. And I think that this is being seen on a national scale because of, you know, COVID-19 and the pandemic and all of that. Uh, You know, racial tensions and political climate, all of these things are just adding to this overarching stress um, that we're all experiencing. And then finally, it's the mental health disorders, right? Uh, The clinical level, if you will, of low frustration tolerance. So this is the diagnosable level when low frustration tolerance reaches a peak and is directly connected to a bigger disorder, something like anxiety or depression, things like that. And when things reach the mental health disorder level, we understand that things are kind of reaching a critical, a critical moment. Uh, The thinking, behaving, and emotional trauma that we're experiencing at this level can be dangerous and things have to be done. But because low frustration tolerance is not the diagnosed issue, when a clinician works with you in this area, they're really focusing on the diagnosed problem. So they're either trying to alleviate anxiety or depression, you know, through a combination of medication management and therapy. Number three, where are you on the spectrum? So given all this information, let's do some self-diagnosis. First of all, and most important, if you believe that you are in the severe range, right, If you believe that there may be something bigger going on here, like clinical depression or debilitating anxiety, I would encourage you to make an appointment with your family physician, and then they can help you, you know, assess the severity and either begin working with you on a solution or refer you out uh, to somebody who can. But for everybody else, the question is, where are you at on the spectrum? So if we added, you know, a numeric value system to it, right? Like if we created a low frustration tolerance scale from one to 10, 
where one was comatose or, or living in blissful oblivion, and 10 was us, you know, screaming bloody murder about every little thing that doesn't go our way. Where would we fall? Or maybe a better question is this, what is our low frustration tolerance range, right? In other words, what number would you be at baseline so on any given day, you know, where things seem to be going okay, things seem to be going your way, uh, you know, what number do we get for that? And then what's the number that we get when the water starts to rise, when the temperature rises, when your stress starts to max out in life? So, for example, are you a 2-7 or a 3-6 or a 5-9, etc., etc., etc.? You know, Definitely helpful to know this about ourselves in order to be proactive about the way that low frustration tolerance impacts us. Number four, moving toward high frustration tolerance. Now that we've talked about low frustration tolerance, what it is and how it can impact us, the next step is to use that knowledge to be better, right? To transcend low frustration tolerance if possible. So how does this work? Is there a magic cure? Is there a you know quick start button that we can just push to help uh, keep this in check? Of course not. Uh, as with everything in life, nothing good comes easily. Uh, as we know, the best things in life are the things that mean the most, and the things that mean the most to us are the, often the things that require practice or hard work. So think how boring it would be winning a gold medal at the Olympics if you didn't have to do anything to get it. I mean, think how meaningless a marriage could feel if you never had to work through hard times together. And think how much more meaningful it is to drive your car that you've restored versus just driving a car off of a lot that you purchased. And the same goes for dealing with low frustration tolerance, right? There's no quick fix, no simple cure. Chances are the way low frustration tolerance impacts you took years to learn. And during this time, it was creating deep, deep roots and grooves in your brain tissue, super highways that make this behavior the fastest route from point A to point B when we're pushed a bit, when we're under a little bit of stress. Another quick minute of transparency. Uh, you know, this episode is very real for me because I know that low frustration tolerance is a thing, right? I know it's something that I struggle with. It has had me in its talons for many years and, and has held me there. You know, sometimes are, some days are better than others, but it's always there. It's my go-to. It's my comfort zone when things get rough, right? The more I read about it, the more I understand just how entrenched I am in the subtleties that it offers. And it plays out in my life in, in many ways, but here's just a few of them. So a desire for things to be a certain way and feeling a little bit off if they aren't that way. Uh, a desire for things to be comfortable, and the minute something challenges that, getting frustrated that it can't be that way. Uh, a desire to remain calm and away from conflict, and feeling a little out of control when that can't be avoided. A desire for things to be fair or just, and then feeling the dissonance that can happen when that can't be achieved. A desire to let others know what they could do to make things more perfect. <laughs> a desire to let others know some of the things that they are doing that could be done better or more efficiently. See the pattern? Starting to sense some of the things I might struggle with. You know, some people refer to this, refer to this as a controlling personality or a form of perfectionism. And I guess you can call it that, you know, whatever. I'm not saying that there are 
the exact same thing, but I can definitely see the overlap in a lot of those different um, concepts. So let's talk about what we can do, right? Like I said, this is something I struggle with a lot, which is why I wanted to do this episode. Uh, but I also want to talk about the solution. So like I've already said, this is, you know, if this is something that's severe, please connect with your family physician. Don't leave it unchecked. Go talk to somebody about it and and kind of make a plan uh, for next steps. But for everybody else, the solution requires um, a little bit of work on our end personally. Now, Transcend Human would recommend the following process. One, awareness. So you know what they say, knowing is half the battle. And as Dr. Phil puts it, you have to name it to claim it. Both are getting at the same truth. Until you realize that you have a problem with something, you'll never fix it, right? You'll, you'll just continue to have the same problem. So self-awareness is key. And that's probably what this episode did for you today, right? It forced you to learn about low frustration tolerance and maybe assess some of the impact that it has on your life. And now that you've done that piece, you're ready for step two, which is develop a plan. So next is to take that knowledge and come up with a plan of attack, right? Being proactive like this is one of the biggest concepts presented by Transcend Human. It's kind of core to what Transcend Human is all about. So moving from being reactive to being proactive, giving yourself space to think ahead and determine how you want to respond to things before they ever even happen. So before a triggering event or a stressful situation is dropped on you, you know, what are you going to do about those things? Now, I'm not just talking about being proactive about unforeseen things, right? Things way down the road in the future. I'm, I'm talking about deciding how you want to react in everyday situations. So for example, if you are typically a four on the low frustration tolerance scale, uh, what would it look like for you to drop that baseline number to a two so that you are living at a lower level of low frustration tolerance every day? And finally, number three, learn your ABCs. I know, sounds funny, but it is what it is. The ABC method is a tried and true practice in both uh, uh, therapies like cognitive behavioral therapy and rational emotive therapy. And if you can learn this method, it will help you like crazy, especially in the times when your low frustration tolerance is, is uh, really kicking up. So I put a link in the show notes. Um, it's called, it's a PDF um, from Smart Recovery, and it's called the ABC's Crash Course. So, you know, if you're really interested in this, and this is something that you think, you know, you really resonate with, then there's a link there. You can go and you can read the entire article. It goes into a lot more depth um, than what we're going to go into today. Uh, but here's a brief summary uh, of the ABC model. So this method, uh, you know, is based on an understanding that your low frustration tolerance is caused by irrational beliefs, right? It's something that you believe in about a situation that is causing you to experience the stress and the, you know, the stress response, the frustration um, that you're experiencing. And if you just are able to target those beliefs and change them, then you can begin to do the following. You can begin to control the emotions you are experiencing. You can begin to control the thoughts you are having, which would which will eventually help you control the negative behaviors uh, that you're engaging in. So here's the basic structure. A is the activating event. 
B is the irrational beliefs. C are the consequences. D is disputing. And E is effective beliefs. So let me walk through that slower so that you get an idea of the flow, uh, how this works. So A, the activating event, it's the thing that appears to be causing you the problem, right? So maybe this is a failure of some sort. Maybe this is a uh, car accident. Maybe this is the death of a loved one. Maybe this is loss of a job. I don't know what it is, but there's an activating event that occurs and you think that that's the problem. B is the irrational beliefs that you have about the event, right? So these are the things that you are thinking, whether you're aware of it or not. These are the beliefs that you have about that event. C, the consequences. So there's a direct consequence that comes from those irrational beliefs. So if you believe something wrongly about an event, there are consequences for those beliefs. Now, D is when you, you kind of come to understand that those are irrational beliefs and you start to dispute them. So you think, you think through the beliefs that you have and you're like, nope, that's not right. Nope, that's not right. And you dispute them. And then the final is E, effective beliefs. And what you do is you turn your irrational beliefs into effective beliefs. And that's the ABC model, including D and E. So let's play this out in a real life situation. Um, a, I took up piano and I failed miserably. B, your irrational belief is that you must always be successful at everything you try. C, the consequence of that is feeling bad, being depressed, being irritable, being jealous of others who can play and very critical of yourself. D, you start disputing that belief that you have and you tell yourself, where is it written that I have to be successful at piano or anything for that matter? And then E, you change those beliefs about piano and you start to believe that I would love to be able to play piano, but maybe it's just not something that's in my wheelhouse and I'm okay with that. I will try something else. Now on paper, this seems very simplistic, right? That scenario I just walked through sounds great, right? Like if I could go from being miserable and depressed about my inability to play piano in as much time as it took you to read that little explanation, that would be wonderful. And we all know that it doesn't work that way, right? It takes time. It takes a while. But at the end of the day, that is the scenario, right? And I know, you know, when I, when I read through that, it's kind of like, well, duh, that makes sense. But ultimately, you know, seeing it in black and white, we know that it's true. We understand the concept, but unfortunately, this isn't the way our brains always work, right? We get into a situation where our emotions start to get the best of us, and this completely goes out the window. No matter how easy it is on paper, we don't follow it because we're emotionally stuck based on our irrational beliefs. We completely forget that we know our ABCs and we immediately go to our irrational beliefs, which eventually leads to low frustration tolerance. So that's the ABC model. Now let's land the plane. This week, I want you to ask yourself the following questions. One, is low frustration tolerance something that I struggle with? Two, if so, where am I at on the low frustration tolerance scale? 
and what is my low frustration tolerance range? Um, three, how has this impacted me? And more importantly, how has this impacted my relationships? And finally, do you know your ABCs? Uh, and if not, are you willing to learn them and use them this week? My hope is that we can all take a step in the right direction this week, in the direction of high frustration tolerance, right? Being able to tolerate things that aren't always fun, aren't always nice or easy, um, but be able to tolerate them and continue to live in impactful and successful life. Leaving behind some of that irritability, frustration, and anger, and pain that comes with um, struggling with low frustration tolerance. So that's it, folks. Thanks again for choosing Transcend Human. Uh, we understand you have thousands of podcast choices out there these days, but we love having you here with us each week. So have a great one, and until next time, keep transcending human. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find ways to contact us and how to access social media channels. If you like the show, you can help us by doing the following. First, tell a few friends about the show. Uh, there's nothing better than word of mouth marketing. Second, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, this will make it easier to find the show and encourage others to check us out. Uh, thanks again for subscribing, and we'll see you next time.